mama of three and a nurse by trade. I love women's health and empowering mamas to be their best selves. Kick ass moms. Join me every Tuesday on my podcast, Otterly Mama, as I share stories, tips, and tricks that I've learned along the way and bring in experts to get us through the lows and celebrate our highs. Let me support you through this mama roller coaster ride. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. On today's episode, I have Johan, the one and only Johan, my husband, the love of my life, who's rolling his eyes at me. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Johan. Hello. And we also have our youngest little one here. So if you hear some baby grunting or noises, she is currently trying to sleep on my lap and I am disturbing her slumber. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, so last time I asked you, what's your favorite part of being a father? Has that changed at all since introducing a third? No, I don't think so. I think everything's pretty much the same. I think maybe, it, well, I'll take it back. Maybe it, it, it evolves as, as you have either more kids or as time passes, where certain things change as far as like what you love about being a dad or a parent in general. Uh, might be when your kids say something funny or when you realize that your kids are like, know more things than they did last week or last month. Um, that's really cool, but I think just being a parent in general is very rewarding in, its, in itself. How's the transition going between two to three? You know, it, it, it's been a little different because we have the two that keeps my attention constantly and I do feel like I I'm dedicating less time to Sophia than I did with Poppy right our firstborn. So like, and maybe I'm just being guilty, like feel guilty or something, or like it's just in my head. But I feel like that you know, like I, I don't know. It's like I am relying a lot on you to obviously feed her, and as you're you know handling her now, right where. I, there's nothing I can do. I can hold her and carry her when I can. I do, uh-huh. but it's it's early, so it's feeding. It's 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 you know it's it's better to feed and have the uh, the mommy and baby time that that's more helpful to her than it is daddy. So I guess maybe that's kind of like a combination of both in that in that answer. Yeah. I mean, you do. You get in your time with her though when you can. Like you change diapers and you help hold her and help keep her Mm -hmm. happy when I'm unable to or just you know tired of it and at my wit's end yeah and and I do recognize those or at least I try to when when you're like okay I've I've sort of had her for longer stretches or things like that and and I get that and I try to to do that but it also means that I am oh baby girl (laughs) it also means that I am you know having to do like the dishes and you know, make sure the girls have breakfast and cater to their every whim, you know, or like go fetch something that they just threw out into the ground and trying to discipline and trying to, 
be a daddy and it's just you know it's kind of like multitasking at, at the highest level right now we no longer have two that we can you know double team <laughs> yeah right you I take one i'll take the other <laughs> now it's like shoot it's not man on man it's like zone defense you know like yeah uh-huh. we're being pulled in too many directions at once so we have to sort of know when we can go to one or the other or like you know Sophia needs more of the attention as opposed to you know the other two or you know Charlie is being very you know she's feeling her feelings so she's sensitive and, and needs a little bit of attention or Poppy does and it mm-hmm. varies right so it's, it's very much a roller coaster ride from day to day <laughs> Paul you're killing it <laughs> oh yeah I'm sure you've come a long way since that oh since poppy honestly since our firstborn until now yeah since my bachelor days since my bachelor as you call them my bachelor days i mean were you not a bachelor (laughs) i was at one point but i'm not after we got married or like we were living together or like dating i don't know whatever yeah true so back on to miss sophia Mm -hmm. tell us about the birth What's going on? What happened? Okay. Uh, well, you know, I think this time around, you're more prepared, right? So, like, I, I, I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, everything, I know what to expect. It's not my first rodeo, so I get it. Uh, but it is different because, you know, we're in a different state. Things work differently here in Texas. So, and I think we went with an option, you know, as, like, the birthing center is our option as opposed to the hospital, um, which I think ultimately ended up being the, best choice just because you know we have had the hospital birth yeah and then this is different although I was prepared and I I knew that there was going to be a little bit more or that there should have been a little bit more of like my participation in it yeah it's just as a dad you're still doesn't matter what classes you take or you know how prepared you might be you can only do the things that you remember on the spot, right? In in those right. type of like, like on the spot moments where you're like, you have to make a decision. Are you doing this or are you doing that? And sometimes you're not going to go through the whole playbook. It, and for me, it felt like I, I forgot some of the things that I, I did in, in our first birthing experience as opposed to like this one, right? Where I was like, oh, I didn't do as much of that this time around as I did the first time, but I did some of the other things that I forgot on the first Birth. Can you give so, an example? Um, I think just being more patient and quiet and <laughs> um, also just kind of like listening to you more, um, just holding your hands more. Like, I don't know, those, uh, I know they seem like probably insignificant or whatever, but for me that felt a lot better as far as what I can do because everything else was sort of, I already know that you're the one that's sort of taking care of a lot of these things. It's, it's about how comfortable are you? And then as you sort of now with your third child, like you become, you're a pro, right? You're like, you've leveled up as a mom. So like, you know what to expect. And, and you also know that like, you know, your bench isn't like, well, an all-star bench, like I'm the bench. So like, you know, they like, you know what you got. So, so, you know, you're not like super expecting like our first birth. You're like, well, I took you to these classes that were for this many weeks and you should know all this stuff. And you're, and I'm, and I was the worst student. Right. So 
they kind of know where I, where I live, if that makes sense. Yeah, but you as a dad or as as any partner has also what you say level up because it's your third too. So yeah, I think you know. I mean, as far as like this experience, I think it was great that the birthing center and 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 the midwives and the nurse they're like the way their their approaches and the way you sort of like come in and it's sort of like being at home, but at the same time you're not at home and there's help there that that will jump on and, and are experts at that. I think that was very comforting. Yeah. And but still made, made it feel like we were at home, right? So like our, our second yeah. birth, since we had Poppy, I mean um Charlie at home, it was very unexpected. And although very traumatic and all of that, I think it was very meaningful for us because it's something that just, it was you and I. And I think we were able to have some of that this time around, um, even yeah. though we were at the birthing center with the option of if there's anything wrong, right? They, they, they right away, they know um, what to do, you know, as far as like resources and, and, and taking action, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. So I think, you know, overall, I think as an, as, a means of birthing, I think it's probably one of the best experiences we've had. Yeah. I don't know, just all of that, just, you know, when I'm now seeing all of the different types. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. It was a, a totally great experience. I got to have the baby, like, right away with me. Like, that was a first, right? Like, she came out, and they were tending to your needs, but they were like, here, Daddy, like, and, you know, she was skin to skin with me right away. That made it feel very powerful. and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, just completely, I don't know, it, it's just different than than the hospital where they took her and they went to do a bunch of things and, you know, clean and, and, and she's not with me or you. Mm-hmm. And with Charlie, where was at home and it was just like sort of chaotic and no one knew what to do to this more of like a, yes, daddy, we're going to take care of her. You take your child, go sit on the bed, you know, do these things like hang out. Like mm-hmm. it just felt like everyone had a role there. Right. Um, and you're not just sort of like the warning, the, you know, the, the, the caution cone hanging on the corner. <laughs> sure. And you were more involved too. So like, yeah, they did take care of me and they let you do skin to skin with her immediately, mm-hmm. but then they didn't even do the normal stuff. Like at the hospital that they would do immediately is like weigh her, check her over, look at her and everything besides the initial, like, Oh, Hey, is she breathing? What's her APGAR scores? Things like that. They, mm-hmm. Like they could do that just by like glancing at her, looking at her quickly as they passed her to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I, that was I think that's exactly what I'm mentioning. You know where it, it, it's that shift in in how the procedures are or whatever mm-hmm. that may be. I think they get the the what they need out of them, or right. the, what they need is implemented into the process, but everything else is more about like you being experiencing birth and, and that, that whole process for yourself and like to you and your partner, as opposed to, you know, that the hospital setting being interjected into, into what you're, what you're doing, which I, you know, in some instances can be very jarring and in others, you know, it's fine, but mm-hmm. I think that's what we're more used to nowadays as opposed to, you know, like, like birthing at home or something where it's like more of the traditional Sure. Method from many many years ago and now you know coming coming back into the mainstream I don't know yeah it's kind of it's more empowering like as a family too I feel like it's bringing it back from that medical model bringing it back to like you as a family you're that unit just the three of you now and just like putting that mm-hmm. power back into you know into us. oh yeah uh, definitely I 
I believe it makes you appreciate it a lot more. Right. And yeah. You know, I think with the hospital setting, it, it it's so it's surreal because it's kind of going from stage to say like, so we're, you know, I'm barely taking in the, the, the birthing process of like breathing and helping and, and like, you know, me needing your back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm barely getting comfortable there, it's like something else is they're whipping you into something new. And, and here's another thing. The yeah. baby comes another whipping you into we're, we're taking care of the baby and your baby's gone. And I'm trying to look at you. I'm trying to look at the baby. I'm turning between the two. I don't know who to do what for. Yeah. And you just, like I said, you feel left out like a, like a cone, like a caution cone, just standing there, like in, the, in a place where, you know, you shouldn't be. I have no idea. But, yeah. th- you know, this time around, it was more like I had a place. Right. That felt awesome. That felt like, you know, just like the creation of my child. Like, you know, I, I had a part in that. I had a part in the birth and it felt great. Well, especially coming from, because you, you've witnessed a hospital birth, you've witnessed accidental home birth you've witnessed now the birthing center birth and of the three which is funny because the second one you would think that you would have a a pretty big role in you basically delivered charlotte and Mm -hmm. now but just because of all the chaos and the rush of everything you said that you had the the biggest role like in this situation at the birthing center yeah, you know, it's because you, you, you know that you're supposed to be there and they, they, they're not pushing you like, hey, you got to do this or anything of that nature. Right. It's just more that they understand and the part, the whole part, the, the whole game is that you're both in doing this together, right? Or, or that your partner or whoever's there, right, is mm-hmm. is that person that's there for you. And, and that's it. And they're like, yeah, you're supposed to take part in this. It's not like only one person being considered. I think that it's all around and it just seems a lot more inclusive um, than any other experience. Right. I, I think, you know, it's, it's a great in between. If you, if you were to rank them in, in, in position, like, you know, between the two extremes being hospital birth and then, um, you know, just accidentally just birthing at home where you're just like, Hey, you just had your baby at home with no help, you know, yeah. Which is crazy. Like that's very, uh, the one side, which is like, Oh my God, it was very traumatic as we've explained before, I think in your podcast, but, um, you know, to very in between where it's like you have an at home situation, but it's very much like in, in, a, in a controlled environment where it's, it's very soothing. It's very like, it's cool. It's still at home, but it's not at home. It's, it's right. great. I think that's the, the nice happy medium I think that people don't really know about, to be honest. I'd never even had heard of a birthing center prior to us moving here or you telling me like, Hey, I feel like this is what I want to do. And I'm like, sure. I mean, you know, in my eyes, it's like, I want McDonald's over Burger King. I'm like, okay. You know, but in reality, it's much more deeper like than that. It's, it's not a simple decision to make whether you have one style or the other, I guess. Yeah. Can you go into a little more detail just about the actual birth, maybe leading up to us, just kind of take us through the story? Okay, sure. Uh, Well, it was early in the morning, if I recall correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) And although we had had a false alarm a couple of days prior, today was different. That day or that day was a little different. well, you know, you were, well, I feel like you were kind of a little bit more sure you were, you know, um, 
Because my water broke. Do you not remember that? I do not remember it happening because it happened to you and not to me. But you, I do remember you, remember you telling me, me making you smell that, it because I thought I was like, "Is this pee or is this my water breaking?" Because oh I yeah yeah smell. okay I told you well, I told you I mean come on how can I <laughs> let me commit that to memory right <laughs> that you had me smell some random thing you have me smell things all the time I and know. yeah okay right so you you were like I think I, my water broke um, which is why you're like I think it's time. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, you know, hey, I'm up, I'm ready, getting on my shit. And you're like, how do you? And I said, I think I might have asked you, like, well, are you sure? Because we had that false alarm. And you're like, yeah, I think my water broke. Uh, here, smell this. And I was like, uh, yeah, that smells kind of different than water or like pee. It smells like not pee. <laughs> you know, it's like definitely not pee, but it's something else, and it doesn't smell like you sweating. Or something. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it was just something else. And I was like, yeah, it's definitely something. So let's just assume it, it is what you say. It is. Side note for any listeners out there wondering why, why I couldn't smell my underwear is because I was in an accident and I lost my smell from the accident. I still don't have smell yet. So. <laughs> Which means I get to smell anything and everything that my wife wants to smell, which I'm sure now you guys can imagine. <laughs> what that does to me but, <laughs> but that is life <laughs> the sacrifices we make for our significant other yeah and it's not like when my brother used to be like here man smell this and tell me you know like, mm. it's probably about the same weird of like i don't know what it is man i don't want to smell it <laughs> so we had, i think at that point we had figured out okay yes that you know you're, you're getting contractions your water broke let, let's go and we, um, we were timing them in the app. So I was getting the app that I had mm-hmm. and I was, you know, starting them, starting them. And we've gotten better about starting and stopping contraction points because from our first and second births, uh, we had issues with that as a couple. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I still wasn't sure when they were yeah, but Stopping. it was much, was like, much better, man. It was definitely much better. At least we can have some sort of consistent yeah. track record here that I felt at least bare minimum 50, you know, <laughs> maybe like 30, 30%. For, yeah. Maybe, okay, 50% that I was like, ah, most of these are accurate. Yeah. You know, the rest are kind of like, eh, let's fudge the lines between like a, a half a minute or so. They were like, what, 10 minutes apart at that point? Uh, no, nah. what 10 minutes, maybe For like eight minutes, eight, yeah, eight, and the eight was good. Eight were like good because when we had Charlie, I was timing them at seven, and you're like, oh, it's still we're good, we got plenty of time, and we had her at home, so yeah, that felt time. like it could have been 10, and we still would have went to the bed, but we were in luck because Sophia was posterior, which generally meaning that her head was like towards my spine spine which actually helped slow down labor so and it caused a lot of back labor yay (laughs) right (laughs) if you say so i have no idea but uh yeah and so then right so drove to the birthing center we got there this time um you know feeling a lot more confident about what we're about to do uh, and they walked us in, you know, welcomed us. There's obviously nobody there. It's early in the morning. 
Then they would just they walked us into this room where we normally just go to like the appointments. And then, but they have this wing where it's like, oh, here's this room. And it's like this huge bed and there's a huge ass tub and, you know, some chairs and, you know, it's basically like sort of being in your own master bedroom kind of thing. Or um, a really nice hotel room. Or a really nice hotel room that happens to have a massive bathroom as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you could fit about good 15, 20 people in that thing. So like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and you know, the bathroom? So you, yeah, because there's a bathroom. Remember, there was a toilet area, and then there was an actual shower area. So, like, yeah. it's pretty big, man. Right. Yeah, so you get in there, you're like, okay. You know, of course, we brought all our our stuff, right? We have bags upon bags of stuff because, you know, you like to bring in your, <laughs> you know, <laughs> humidifier. Diffuser. I don't know what it was, the diffuser. And that we brought we a Bluetooth speaker, right? We brought a, a ton Which of food, <laughs> all kinds of chippies and all kinds of things to eat and drink. I didn't bring chips. <laughs> Man, we, we was like hummus for sure. Oh, there's, yeah, there's hummus. Like who brings hummus to a birth, you know? Like, I do. <laughs> oh, right. hummus and crackers. That's what it was. It was okay. those almond crackers. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. Right? Thank you. You make me hungry. So we're bringing, <laughs> right, we're bringing all this stuff, our party favors, like we're... Where's the snacks? We're on vacation, and you know the process really begins. <laughs> like we still, we, we keep timing, so we keep timing the constructions. They're 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 consistent, so not getting closer, but they're consistent. Yeah. Um. At least you know from the from the being at home to to getting to the birthing center and then being there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. So now you're asking like, hey, I want to get in the shower, so the hot water is like your go to. So that definitely makes you. Soothes you as far as contractions and the pain. Yeah. So so we're doing that. And then And she's course, checking on us like every hour. Right. Cause like you're you're kind of up to your own devices there. Like, which is good, I think. You know, it seemed like to me that really what they're there to do is like up to the point where you're about to actually have this shorty, like you, yeah. you know, contractions are like two, three minutes. You're you're, you're about eight to nine inches dilated or or, you know, right? mm-hmm. sorry, not just <laughs> that's <laughs> a big this. baby. That's a big dive. Yeah, that's a huge baby. Jesus, that's a full grown man. <laughs> and, um, you know, centimeters, um, you know, they're really like, hey, well, you're doing good. You're progressing. You know, that's really all they know. It's like, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Uh, and you're in your room. So you're yeah. like in the, you know, could it could have been our room right now. Right. You know, it would have been no different other than like, which I guess makes me think, like, maybe we could just be like, why don't you guys come to my house and, like, hang out in the kitchen and shit and, well, and then come on in. There is. Which, I mean, that, that's a home birth. <laughs> right. Um, Which we right. could have had that option, but. Yeah. And, and, you know, now if we would have a fourth baby, I would say, let's do that. Because I would be right. a lot more comfortable at home, you know, but whatever. It was still mm-hmm. good. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just you know, really just that, that slowly progressed into like either from going from the shower to then when we started turning on the tub, which was awesome, right? Like you know, having that giant tub with nice hot water, the lights that are very soothing that you can turn on, uh, and just putting you in there like you, you know really makes it very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Which was good and bad for two reasons, right? Well, good in the sense that it's making you comfortable, but bad and it slows down the birthing process. 
um, which they were trying to get you to sort of like not do and like come a, kind of come in and out of the tub just to sort of get you walking, get the, get, get the, you know, the baby to come so that we can have the gravity. baby. That gravity yeah. do its job too. Like I'm not only Brenda Delvery nurse, but like, I know that like it can kind of slow down your breath if you're just in one position the whole time. Yeah. And I think that was, that was their goal, right? To sort of keep switching it up a little bit or mm-hmm. add some variety to where, what you were doing in order for it to progress the, 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 the birthing process. But right. um, that does mean, you know, obviously it takes a toll, right? Because you're back and forth and back and forth and it's painful yeah. for you. I don't know how to help you. I can't really help you. There's nothing I can do. You know, yeah, I can massage this or that. And had you asked me, I would have. I think this time around, I didn't do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably because you were really like, hey, look, the hot water helps. Whether it's in the tub or whether it's in the shower, it's awesome. You know, so I did have the responsibility of like making sure that the shower head was on and covering different parts of your body. And I was trying to be massage or massage that way with the water. Like when I was like, Oh, yeah. your back, your front, your stomach, you know, like mm-hmm. sort of just keep going. Like <laughs> I had a comparison in mind, but I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> say it. Say it's it. inappropriate. No, Do it. no. Why not? It's like keeping a dolphin wet, right? When they're out of water, like you're transporting, you want to keep them wet all the time. So like they don't dry out. That was not what you were going to say. That was what I was going to say. What are you talking about? How is that inappropriate? I don't know. Comparing my pregnant wife to a wet dolphin, like maybe that's not the best thing, right? (laughs) It's accurate though. (laughs) Technically, yes, but not very considerate. I don't, I don't really remember like having back labor. I just remember like anytime I'd move, man, like I just would have another contraction and like stimulate another freaking contraction. And I remember Michelle, the midwife even saying like, oh, you have a really reactive uh, uterus. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, oh. I do. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. It's like, oh, <laughs> how am I so lucky? <laughs> oh, right. I was like, oh my God. What does that mean? You know, for that's me, so I'm blessed. like. Anytime I'm touched or start moving or changing positions, it just starts another contraction. Right. That's why I would like grimace anytime they're like, okay, let's, after this contraction, let's get you up and move. And I'm just like, like swearing underneath my breath. (laughs) Yeah, I knew that was happening. You You were begrudgingly doing what they ask, but at the same time, you. Yeah. I don't think they noticed, right? No, I don't know. Well, you're not like that. You know, you're not that kind of person. So if you were, and the reason I mentioned that is like, you're begrudgingly doing that because you're in fucking pain. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's okay for you to, you know, not be at your greatest moment right now. Like, right. I wouldn't blame anyone. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, normally you'd be like, oh yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now mm-hmm. you're kind of like, okay, if I have to, but you know, yeah, it's the situation. Like they know it's best to get it going, you know, to get things moving and the best thing. Cause. No, oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, you were super cooperative, you know, like you weren't, you were, you know, doing everything that they requested. Everything was fine, you know? And, yeah. And I think there was a comment in there at some point of like how 
Sometimes you you ask like, oh, you know, does anyone ever tell you no? Oh yeah, I did ask that. <laughs> and they're like, you know, surprisingly, yes, a lot, some people, a lot of people do say, no, I'm not moving. Uh, yeah. Well, it's simple you know, things like, do you mind if I if I check the baby's heart rate right now? Do you mind if we? And I'm right. like, no, that's okay. Or do you mind if I check you? Can I check your progress? And I'm like, sure. But like, do people exactly. tell you no? And they're like. Yes, they do, but we just kind of ask again in another way <laughs> or coax them along. <laughs> right, which is important, right? Because they're right. trying to help you. Right? But yeah, yeah, I did think that was interesting that like, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, knee-jerk reaction is like, no, don't do anything. Like, um, no. you know, but it, it's not really to harm them. It's just to help them, right? So like, you have to mm-hmm. like it or not, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess getting back to the birth story, at this point, I think we were like, so we're going for hours of this kind of like back and forth and mm-hmm. moving along. And I think, you know, at a certain point, it got to where it sort of kind of tamed down. It was like peaking off. And then you were kind of like starting to pass out. Man. You were like not passing out because you were like fainting, but like you're falling asleep kind of like because you were not working through the pain and you sort of hit this rhythm. Yeah. Uh, whenever you would get a contraction, you would definitely like react to it and tense up and hold my hands tighter and I'll hold you. But whenever it would go away, you were kind of like, okay, I'm kind of tired. And you sort of start dozing off and you start sliding into the tub and I would have to <laughs> hold your hands so you wouldn't slide underwater, you know? And, and although the, the, you know, the midwife was there and she was keeping an eye on you as well. Yeah. You know, I'm tired too, man. I'm kind of like dodging off a little bit too. And and <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm, dude, if I don't watch this girl, she's going to go on the water. And blah, 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 And I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> so that was that. And then, you know, finally it was like, okay, it's it's time to go. Yeah. Or it was getting closer. It was getting closer. I remember it was getting closer. Oh, At wait, this point I, I was like, go ahead. Stop you there? Was there a reason like why you didn't want to get in the tub or why you didn't get in the tub? Do you want to know the answer? I'm just curious. Sure. Okay. I'll tell you. (laughs) And there's all kinds of stuff floating in there when you're in there. Okay. (laughs) I do not want to be in a tub like that. I'm sorry. I love you, man. But that would just cause all kinds of reactions within me internally that you would not want to have on you. So I just pictured, I probably like wouldn't have like enjoyed it really but like i just pictured you like me laying on top of you and me falling asleep like on top of you oh yeah sure the like a, like, you want to do like a movie birth i get it <laughs> <laughs> i'm fucking ghosting you like in the movie right like from behind with the clay clay pots and shit we're making a pot no, no that's not what was gonna happen girl there was all kinds of stuff floating in there that water was not being recycled it was just marinating birth juice i'm good i was like i'll hold your hands (laughs) i just could not i was like ooh, and let's just wait to ask me this question again once we're later down the road (laughs) oh boy is that gonna change oh yeah that answer no no it's not gonna change it's gonna be like there's more added things to that birth water oh oh (laughs) further in the birth story yes (laughs) So although you wanted me to join you in your ghost-like moment in the birthing tub, uh, yeah. that was not happening. No, I and don't. Now, I, uh-huh. Honestly, like, because, like, every time I was touched or whatever, like, 
like it would initiate a, a new contraction. Like I don't mm. think I would wanted to be touched, you know? Yeah. If you say so, I don't know. I wasn't. Well, don't you of... remember like anytime they put the, the fetal, like the Doppler on, on me or like they, like anytime I changed positions, it was just like a new contraction. I was just like, Oh my God. Another yeah, one's no, starting. Yeah. You, you were, yeah. You were not, you were not happy, a happy camper. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was, you know, although that was a big tub, it was definitely made for one. Yeah. Wasn't like, you know, any kind of situation you might have imagined that you're at. (laughs) So, (laughs) I know, as much as I probably, the idea of it sounds great. And, you know, all those, like, lovely Instagram photos of, like, the partners, like, caressing them in the back. Like, I probably would have been like, nope, get out. This isn't working. (laughs) No, I mean, I was caressing you in your head and your hands. and You were holding Mm -hmm. the tie. You know, yeah. and I was telling you, sweet, nothing's in your ear. Sure, but I wasn't <laughs> jumping in the tub with you, like, just to hang there with you. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like, to each their own. I remember getting pissed when you weren't there holding my hand when a contraction would come out. I was like, come on, where are you? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I don't remember that. But No. Sure. I think that was probably in your, one of your fading out moments. Probably. Um, in dreaming. Oh, I was dreaming. I remember mm-hmm. I remember telling you that I was dreaming. We're in the, the bathroom, in the shower, and you had, like, the little handheld thing over me, and I was doing the same thing, like, passing out or just, like, sh- I, I just, like, shut down and just, but, you know, those, like, really lucid dreams you have before you fall asleep. Kind of like a short film in your head. Your head movies? I get it. Yeah. It was Charlotte telling me, telling me to come with her. Like, come this All way, right. Mama. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. You told me that. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. I'm coming, little lady. Wow, I wonder what the meaning of that might have been altogether. It's interesting. Well, I mean, it it seems like pretty, like, I don't know what the word would be, but, I mean, because Charlotte's birth was so traumatic and, you know, we were so worried about this one and and she was just kind of there telling me, it's going to be okay. Come with me, you know? Yeah. Let it go. There you go. That's that's how I took it anyway. So I was like, oh, okay. It's great, yeah. Now it's, it's getting close. It's time. It's like, yeah, it's about to come. And I remember that, yeah, she was like getting stuff out of the way. She's cleaning up a little bit, just helping us out. Uh, and I'm starting to sense like her kind of like, hey, this is, you're close, you're coming, right? So then of course I reached for my GoPro. <laughs> And I and I get my, my my little shoulder heart or my my chest harness, and I'm like, dude, I'm not missing this. I'm gonna record this yeah. because this is our last birth, right? As far as we know. So we're like, great, this is it. I get the GoPro ready. I'm ready to go. And, and yeah, you know. So she's like, yeah, it's coming in. And now you're starting to get on like all fours, and you're in the tub, and you're definitely. It's pretty. It's pretty on because I can tell in your face where you're like, okay, was you're not more relaxed. It's definitely coming, and I'm like, oh, okay. I hit the GoPro. I started up, mm-hmm. and yeah. So like, you're laying on your back. No, you're laying on your back. I'm sorry. You're laying on your back, and you're you're starting to push, and she's coming out, and you know, so the, the midwife is like helping. She's down there. She's she's seeing. The placenta, like something like that's like part of the placenta is coming out now. Like you see, like there's parts of like red, you know, like you start to see having your show, as they say. 
Bloody show, yeah. Right. But it's not like super crazy, like very light, right? whatever. But then you start seeing like these parts of like tissue or like yeah. that are coming out. And interestingly enough, I don't know what you call it, if it's like a PCT kind of thing or like, um, well, I've heard the doula or like the they training the, doula. They were called, yeah, the, she was a doula in training, but they call mm-hmm. them the the birth assistants, I think. Right. Well, she's coming around with like, with like a fish net and she's <laughs> scooping up all these pieces of matter from the tub. And I'm like, what Lovely. the... Oh, right, it's different, right? But it's still, I get what they're doing there, just to you know, because probably because of what I said earlier. Right? If I was, if I had jumped in there with you, <laughs> I'm, I'm swimming in your matter there. Out of, oh God. Anyways, um, yeah. So <laughs> that was being picked up and scooped up into the trash, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And oh, so you start off on your back, and then she's like, yeah, you're gonna have to turn over because you know it's gonna. So, mm-hmm. so, so the head sort of pops out mm-hmm. and she's like, roll over because she, you know, the midwife can't sort of get her. I don't know. And, so I was like you know, sideways. You, yeah, you were, right. You were sideways and it's coming out. She's trying to get her or whatever. And she's like, just roll over. She tells it. She like, because her head was so big, she like the baby turns her head yeah. on their own and she had to help it. She had to help Sophia turn her head and get her out because she wasn't doing it on her own. Right. So she's trying to help her. So, but from what I remember, she's trying to get her out. And then yeah. she's like, can you, can you turn over? And then so you, you, I'm sure this was difficult. She's like asking you to do something while like something's coming out of you. So that you do it. And when that happens, then like I look over it and I'm filming by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I look over, so you're on your knees and your hands, and her head's poking out, and I see her face. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's her face. You know, and I'm like, it's like, oh, my God. And her face is so pudgy. And she's big, man. I mean, you know, she's she's big. She's got a big old head. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And then, of course, you know, then she grabs her, pulls her out, and when it pulls her out, it's just like, holy crap. Like, it's just, she's out. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are just both like there, you know, like in the, there's the water and the tub. Yeah. yeah. And right away, you know, she 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 just goes, "Hey, you know, come here." She's like, "Can you can you cut her umbilical cord?" And I'm like, "Great." I'm freaking out. I'm trying to film everything. <laughs> I'm trying to take pictures. I got my phone out too, so like I'm yeah. trying to multitask, but yeah. I'm doing very good. Uh, yeah, and then you know, I cut. You did beautifully. Thanks. Then I cut the umbilical cord, and that was that was tough because it's like that's never easy, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the three times I've done it, it has never been as easy as just like here you go, cut this, and, and I'm just like, oh, and it's so tough to do. Why is it tough? Like it's because it's hard it, to cut through, or just like mentally? Mentally, it's like you know. For me, I'm like I don't want to. I don't want to do it. You know, like I, it's tough to 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 sever that connection and mentally. Like it's huh. weird. Hard to explain. Like, do you I guess feel like you're cutting off her life support or something? If you, you feel like the first thing, you know, the first thing happening to your child is that you're hurting her somehow, or like yeah. you're doing something that's like it's not. You know what I mean? Like it's just not. I don't know. It feels it feels you know, weird. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. So, like, as soon as she is delivered, like, 
I don't remember a whole lot. I just remember them like putting, like Michelle putting her on my chest and they waited mm-hmm. a long time. Like, cause they're waiting for the blood to like, like drain pretty much out of yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. Cord. You know, I totally forgot about that. Um, I know she was like trying to, and she was even pulling on the cord to, to, yeah. to, to drain it a little bit. Yeah. To like um, coax it. Yeah. And that was, that was like, I was like, whoa, you know, which is different from our, our second mm-hmm. birth where, you know, I felt like I couldn't even touch the cord because she's like, oh, you don't want to kick the cord because it's bad, you know, and I'm like, what, what, right. what, what? But again, that's, you know, not in a professional environment. So like, yeah, you, you probably just want to be as right. non-harmful as possible. Sure. So then once, you know, once they cut the cord, um, they were like, cool, um, daddy, take your shirt off and go sit on the bed. We're going to give it to you right now and then we'll, we'll fix up mama. Cool. They're like, are you ready? I'm like, yes. And they're like, break. You know, and we all take off to our positions, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Sophia was awesome. She just laid on my chest and, you know, she didn't really cry a lot. And, it, you know, I mean, I remember I was laying on the bed and, and I remember they were helping you out and cleaning you up and you still hadn't birthed the placenta yet. So, yeah. You know, they're helping you walk back. And I took a picture of you as they're helping you walk back. And like, you're, oh, God, I got a great picture of that. But yeah, it's like so raw and just like, wow. You know, like the, what women go through for birthing is incredible. And I just, I, I love that I captured some of that. I can experience of like two women also helping you out. You know, how cool that is. Yeah. You know, there's very little things that are like that for men where you have that sort of, I don't know, like someone helping you like that, like that doesn't know you. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Right. It's just, I think women have that. Men don't have that necessarily. So but that's a really great moment. I hope that I could maybe share that image someday with with people in the sense of like so they can see how awesome it is to see that right. and capture that moment, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. But it's very personal for me right now. Like, I wouldn't share that with anybody right now. Sure, of course, because I was butt naked. Yes, exactly. I mean, you could blur that stuff. Out. Sure. But I also had, like, Sophia pooped on me immediately when she came out. So there was, like, poop on me, <laughs> blood <laughs> everywhere. Like, it was, yeah, it was not pretty, but like you said, very raw. Yeah, I mean, if you minus all of, you know, all of that other stuff, like, it, it's it's definitely... You know, like, whoa. And I think that that's why, you know, it's it's humbling and it's one of those things that, you know, when you once you experience them, you go, wow, you know, like Yeah. A lot of other things become very trivial after you experience something like that. Yeah. Would you say this is I know you talked about it a little bit, but you think this was your favorite birth story? Uh I can't say it's my favorite because I love all three of my children. <laughs> Okay. All through their birth stories, but it was one of the ones where I felt most comfortable. One probably out of pure just knowledge, the other out of just you know feeling like every like there's a, a process, and the other just more comfortable. You know, so and it's indicative of of, of the different styles, you know. But I do yeah. think that this was the most. Um, true to nature or how I believe a birth should be given, you know, 
like who we are like as humans you know like right i know that the, the hospital setting is great and that, that's really awesome for if, if there's any complications of course i would i i would want to be in a hospital right but 100 um if you know if, if if you if everything is going well and you know and everything's fine like you know you want to have as, as as a natural and as impactful birth as possible which is interesting because you know from the, the birthing center we left like a few hours after you birthed the baby and went home like yeah similar to um charlotte's but that's just out of you wanted to leave the hospital right after we were just brought there for a few hours you know from birthing it at home yeah um where poppy you know we were there for days right you know and it's so interesting to, to you know to, to to compare those those experiences and for me, yeah, this definitely was the best experience we've had overall. Yeah, I'd be interested because, like, of all the birth stories that, like, I've heard so far, mm-hmm. it's like, this birth center, like, it, it's about the pregnant person. It's about the family, whoever mm-hmm. is in the room. It's about uniting this family and making it like starting off the story you know Mm -hmm. like you said like bringing you into the picture having a role for you and also from the pregnant person's perspective doing what they're comfortable with and meeting them there you know yeah i think you know the the biggest takeaway for me is that they're they inject themselves where they need to Mm -hmm. and nothing else and i think that that's very important um right where everything else, you know, in different in different experiences, is more of like, well, we need to. Hey, sorry, I know you're probably like cool right now, and you've hit a lull, or you're right. managing the pain, or or this or that. But we got to take, you know, some labs, or we got to do this or that, or like, you know, there's all yeah. this stuff that's overlaid into it that I think, you know, if you're having, you know, just a, a traditional at home birth and everything's healthy and normal and, and just progressing well, you're fine. Um, obviously there's other issues or, you know, concerns and yeah, there's, you know, you, you meet those accordingly. And I think, it, you know, there's different levels and the different needs. I think I'm glad that we got to experience this type of birth because it's so much different than the other one. And it felt like at least again, I, I had more of a, a role or an ability to participate and be, and feel like I, I was part of that. Right. So it's like more family centered as opposed to like the hospital where it's, it's like what's best for whoever is delivering that baby. Yeah. You know, I can imagine that if our daughters, if if Penelope and Charlotte were older, right. They were like, you know, tweens Mm -hmm. that we'd be able to take them there. Yeah. And they would see that. And they would also have some sort of, you know, a a role to help and, and, help you through that. Like that, that that's you know i know that that's obviously <laughs> to each their own and everything but like i don't know i, I think that would have been awesome too right if that was a situation mm-hmm. for us like i think it's allowable and terrible for you to be like hey yeah you want to bring like your older children to witness yeah life happening like that is awesome like that's so mm-hmm. once in a lifetime you know which is why right. i recorded this one where it was this is the last time we're gonna have you know a birth for us so like yeah. It was important for me to capture that because I want them to be able to see that when they're old enough, you know? Yeah. To understand and comprehend and, and know the severity. Maybe a, a pretty good uh, contraceptive for them too. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, that or my shotgun. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> One of them will work. <laughs> I mean, that's if they're into people of the opposite sex. Because you never mm-hmm. know. <laughs> I mean, we talk about that all the time. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. But dude, I don't care even if it's the same sex. Yeah. Mm, shotgun's coming out if you're not doing it right. True. Better come till dead, you know? (laughs) Yes, we want them to be treated very well. Correct. I don't know. I just feel like, so I've heard all these birth stories and I'm I'm kind of annoyed that like everything I'm hearing from like all these individuals of how like providers are like pretty much deciding what the woman should decide for her, her body, like what this pregnant individual should be doing like you're saying that this birthing process was more like the traditional like granted we're not, we weren't high risk at all so we were able to do this and people who aren't high risk should be able to have that same opportunity yeah i mean for me you know knowing that like most of the time you just be or you you know you're having a baby you go to the doctor the doctor is like Great, here's a hospital. You know, they don't really tell you that there's different options and what you can do. What are yeah. you, what, you know, luckily for us, you know that. So you, you know, to ask, you know, that there's options and you know what does the options look like or, and, and decide what you want. Yeah. Had that not been the case, you know, it's definitely like, okay, great. And you're going to come here to the hospital whenever, you know, you feel like you're having a baby or you're going to call 911 and they'll, ship you right over here and yeah. we're going to put you in this chair and you're going to have this baby or like this mm-hmm. table and you're going to have this baby and you know and it's just the same sort of like assembly line kind of stuff you know and, mm-hmm. and it's a little sterile and I think that that's it, it, it it's kind of like a disservice right to like the birthing process and and, and just like, like having a kid like the fact that I think we're lucky, right, that we've, you know, been able to have these different experiences, but that that exists, that it's available for us here. Like, I think, you know, in Chicago, I don't know who would have had that no, it's opportunity, true. I mean, you know? So, like, it's it's difficult to be like, well, we're, we're, we're it's it's a very, we're fortunate to, to have that ability because, yeah, again, in Chicago, we wouldn't have had that. It's just come to the hospital and it's a hospital birth no matter what, you know? Right. All right. We were lucky in the fact that we did have midwives, but I really think that, you know, I was so gung ho about finding midwives to deliver in the hospital here just because I know that things can go wrong with births. I like the idea of having that immediate attention right near us. So if something were to happen to me or the baby that we would have like someone there like in like a split second right now that you've been through three births or witnessed them as a partner Mm -hmm. in the united states the infant mortality rate is ridiculously high for a developed nation you've seen a hospital birth you've seen an accidental home birth and you've seen a birthing center birth like what are we missing here? Like from your perspective as a partner? Um, I think it's just the options, right? You want to have the ability or like when you go see your primary care physician, that they tell you that you have options. Mm-hmm. 
there's, you know, what are your concerns? What are your needs? You know, those type of questions are important. Like, I think there's education that's lacking, right? In general, I think, you know, any of the, the things that you're looking for, they have to be sought out and not readily provided or mm-hmm. as a first, like, hey, here's some stuff. Here's things to think about, right? What, what do you want to happen when you're speaking or thinking about having children, childbirth? What does that mean? Yeah. And those things need to change. And I think ultimately, I think the, the whole hospital, I mean, you know, birthing has become such a, it, you know, it's, it's very lucrative. So it's a business. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's, there's a process to it and they've systematically figured out how to get people through it mm-hmm. as opposed to, which, which doesn't mean that you can't have both, you know, you can't, you can't have like a very, a method and a process to birthing, but you also have to humanize and you have to give that ability to sort of pick and choose because it's not just like, Hey, here's, here's the only sandwich we've got, right? Like you have to be able to give me some options here because I, I, not everyone likes what I like. Another person doesn't like. So sure. there has to be that, that f- flexibility within that process that exists, you know, and I think right now it's very decoupled. It exists right. in some places, some areas, but yeah. But I think the other issue here too, is like, like malpractice insurance, like OBGYNs that like, it's it's high you're dealing with mamas and babies you know like you're dealing with children and they're afraid they're going to get sued so a lot of the times they're doing things to prevent being sued which is crazy yeah right but that's that's just that's adding a layer of like process and processes in order for you to to create the sort of like checklist and red tape of Mm -hmm. hey i can't get sued because i mean yeah you know when in a birthing center situation, yeah, things can go wrong. Right. Yeah, and they probably do get sued all the time, but sure. it's not necessarily their fault. It's just things that happen, right? And, right. you know, no one's going to stop someone from suing someone, right? You can do that for anything. You can sue anyone yeah. for anything in this country. So that's very different, right? It's just more about there's just different options, you know, and, and we can all insulate ourselves from, from lawsuits and things of that nature, yeah. Um, if we just take the time to learn and I think more importantly, like figure out how things work. Right. Is there anything we haven't talked about as far as Sophia's birth story that you want to touch on? Nope. All right. Well, thank you for coming on Otterly Mama again and sharing our little lady's story. No problem. You know, I think... With Sophia's story, I think it'd be interesting to, you know, in hindsight, I think of if we were living in Chicago and I was to ask, like, hey, we had our baby at home the last time. We like that we experienced something so profound and we would like to have that at home. How do we go about doing that? And I, I think that the answer to our question would be like, you can't. And I'm curious if there's any other people out there that feel the same way right across the country where they might not live in a place where they have burning centers and it's just straight up like you have to go to the hospital. And what do you do? Right? Or like you, you know, if you reverse where we live now being in Texas, yeah. but they have these opportunities to have an experience like that. 
mm-hmm. to sort of dictate the way you want to give birth and, and, and have a plan and all that. Mm-hmm. So now like you move to Chicago or to New York or places that might not have that. Right. And you're like, you're stuck. You're sort of like, this is what it is. And right. you deprive that. And I think that's interesting. I think that's something that as a society, we need to discuss that. Why is, why is something that's so important as far as life and how it's such a backseat yeah. in our society especially when we have like you know there's a lot of pro-life and all these things but you know it stops there it's like pro-life yes oh you know have a child but oh everything about how you have a child doesn't really fucking matter it's just we just we want to tell you how to have to have a child there's just nothing there right there's no education for moms after you have a baby if you don't know how to deal with like your baby won't feed right uh doesn't you know it's not breastfeeding correctly or like you have any kind of issues there's no support i think Overall, my experience has been that, you know, I wish there was more for more resources for moms pre, during, and post-pregnancies that I think goes is underappreciated. Like, there's nothing there. It's just very little. I find that it's things like what you're doing with your podcast of trying to help women mm-hmm. and other women learn it and just hear even, you know, they can pick something from it. Great. You, you guys just help each other out, man. And if it wasn't for that type of like connection, yeah. there's very little out there that does that. And the ones that are, are like either probably not funded very well or like they have to struggle to survive to provide that kind of help. And, yeah. and that's just ridiculous living in, you know, the greatest country in the world, right? Like why is there so little for something that is like primordial, like being a mom and giving birth? So... Yeah, especially nowadays when people don't live close to their family because that family, that support, you know, would usually come from, you know, your mother or your sister or whatever relative, your aunt, your distant cousin who has given birth. And then all the women who are Mm -hmm. around you would come to your house and take care of you and help with the baby and whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. going back to that traditional time frame. Like even talking with my aunt the other day, she said my grandma would spend six weeks at her daughter's house after the baby was born like and help and teach her how to take care of the baby and you're shaking your head like no way in hell would I have my mother-in-law in my <laughs> oh, home no. for six weeks <laughs> no I just think it's interesting that now you know like right your grandmother would would do that right for her children because mm-hmm. probably more than anything it wasn't because she felt like I'm sure it was yes part of it her duty to care for a child whether it's having a child that's so yeah. maternal of her and it transcends in, in a lot of ways but and she's also, also the fact a nurse that there, too. yeah and that mm-hmm. and but also the fact that you know there is very little like paternity leave or maternity leave or like all these mm-hmm. things that you know there's no help again it goes back to like there's no help right. pre during or you know some more during that than anything but or post, you know, where it's just like, yeah, so just go to your visit just to make sure that everything, you're not dying, you don't have an infection, you don't have this, but there's yeah. nothing like, hey, how are things going? Mm-hmm. Let's spend an hour or two just talking about how things have transitioned, adjusted, how's your mm-hmm. family life, how's your yeah. mental sanity, anything mm-hmm. of that, because it's a big deal, you know, like, yeah, you feeding her in the middle of the night, constantly being up, getting little sleep, me trying to help as much as I can, dealing with the other two girls, you still have to tend to the, the other girl's emotional needs, not just like, you're not nourishing them anymore like you're the little one, but 
that's a lot, man. And that is, if we didn't have like the time that we have, you know, for thankfully with my opportunity, like, I don't know how people do it, man. I don't know yeah. how, how people that don't get this time off from work do that, man. And there's gotta be a change for that. You know, like yeah. you gotta give people time to bond and to adjust to bringing a child into this world. And I think that that would, you know, for those that, that are against that kind of like, thinking or like, oh well you know why do you need time off for it like dude it creates better people better families you know so it's yeah. like it just gives you that 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 time to grow and and, and understand where you are and who you are right so to to rear a, to rear a child the right way right so like right there's nothing but positives mm-hmm. yeah and after our development nation like we're not we're not there like other countries i like i don't know like exact time frames, but like I want to say like France or something. It's like two years, like maternity leave. Like that's insane. Yeah, I've heard something like Italy gives you like a year, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, those are whether whether it's better or worse. I, I, you know, I can't definitively say, but I think that definitely more than six weeks is great. Like because you right. do need more of that time. Like I'm ready to going back to work soon yeah. here and. And there's still a lot of stuff that we need that we haven't adjusted to, right? Like we don't have a hundred percent, uh, like the schedule, like we'll do this. And just even getting on a schedule seems so ridiculous right now. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, we don't like putting a schedule on a board or like a calendar, Johan, you'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do It doesn't work out that way, but that's yeah. not how it nets out a hundred percent, you know, like, so it's not going to happen like that. It'll still be an adjustment no matter what. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, I feel like this is my way of kind of chipping at it. It's like this little, like little education, you know, like letting women know or people who are interested in becoming pregnant, letting them know like things that are available to them that they don't even know exist. Yeah, which is great. I think even if it's just like, you know, whether it's not services or anything like that, but you just the fact that like, you know, know that your family is helpful. Mm-hmm. But you should be, you know, thinking ahead and saying, "Hey, listen, you know, let's make a plan." I think for us, having my mom come and like planning ahead, having you know, tell, your mom's coming, your aunt is, you know, uh, uh, on the spot, your brother, like making everyone aware of, "Hey, this is coming." We, we here's what we're thinking. Sure. Here's what our plan might be, and you know, what yeah. everyone's role is. Like, hey, you know, we'll let you know the baby's coming in if you need to, you know come over greatly you know what i mean yeah that's always helpful then covid stuff <laughs> let's not even mention that where it's like you know people are like well, well you know we, who comes who doesn't how do we do that how do we handle that like yeah then you just do your boundaries. best but right and, and and i think that communication is great to have that and, and just set up your plan man it's never too early to and it's never and you can never have enough people or it's too many people, you know, it's like, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's whatever you're comfortable with. Like we told everyone, right. like, we might call on you and, and if that's okay, mm-hmm. you know, and then everyone, yeah, yeah. Anything, whatever you need. Great. So, they, right. they, but they know, right. So if anything goes down, they know that we're counting on them. And it, it, it takes a village and it's not just sure. us and our select few. It's like, right. And it's know. like, so it is a matter of like looking at, what you have available as far as family or friends, whoever, neighbors, 
to call yeah. on that support system. And whether you have one or not is assessing what your support mm-hmm. system looks like and finding support. If you don't have that, like hiring a postpartum doula, if you have the funds to or finding um, services like that yeah, that are available you know, to you. Even putting it out there that, you know, people that don't might not even know you in your community that knows like, Hey, the, the, the young family down the street is having right. a, a child and, you're not asking for help, but you just, it's out there. And then, then maybe this is what social media is for. I don't know. Like, sure. you know, That's a whole deeper discussion, but, but they're offering like, Hey, if you need anything, you know, I, yeah. you know, I know it's a personal time, but maybe I can drop off something off or like, you sure. know, our neighbors are, are super kind and, mm-hmm. and have really, you know, always like, Hey, how are you guys doing? Our next door neighbors, how are you guys doing? You know, how you mm-hmm. been You know, after the storm with the baby? Like, you know, everyone's sort of like, it's very neighborly and it's very nice, you know, to have that kind of stuff. So like, it doesn't have to be necessarily a service you can sign up for or purchase or, you know, or pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just the kindness of, of people's hearts and right and vice versa. Totally. Yeah. Like we had a, a meal train from women that I had just met, you know. Oh, yeah. It's just, fantastic. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and I can't wait till we have the opportunity to do that, you know, for someone else, you know, that's sure. like, Hey, they're not asking for help or need anything. Right. It's just more like, it's a nice thing to do. And that would, that would help them. Mm-hmm. Why not? Like we'll do, we'll do the same. Right? Here's, exactly. where, here's how we're going to contribute, you know, Pay to help forward. you out. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So after having three kids, has your self-care changed at all and what you do for self-care? Mm, this is a very touchy subject, as you know. I know. <laughs> what do you mean? Your self-care isn't getting on your wife's podcast and chatting for too long and your children coming in and out and bothering you? <laughs> <laughs> that is not my self-care, but you know what? I've never had a problem giving myself self-care things to my wife, to you. Yeah. Because you allow me to do a lot more than what I gave you credit for. I think, you know... When I want to do something, yeah. I try to pick something and, and, and say, this is my day or my time, and then I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if nothing else, I'm consistent with what I do. So as you know, I'll have my, my country weekends, as okay. I like to call them affectionately, but um, that's probably it. You know, like At this point in my life, I think of my self-care as the time I spend doing absolutely nothing other than whatever I want to do with my children and my family. That's such a lie. It's really sweet, but that's such a lie. Cause you no, do, it's not. like you it's play so video true. games. I do play video games. That's not yeah. self care. That's that just totally like, self care. That's something that you want to do for yourself. Like I consider working on my podcast, like that's self care to me. Yeah. Cause it's something that I'm passionate about and that I want to do. What do you consider self-care then? If All right, so video my gaming self, is not I guess, self-care. Okay, fine. My self-care, honestly, is when I can go up and go to a brewery, get a couple of beers, take some home, then have some to enjoy later on during the week. That's, that's my self-care. I like that. It makes me feel good Yeah. because it's something that I do for myself. Mm-hmm. Which has been harder to do with COVID. Correct. I've had very little of that and it's okay. It's just, you know, yeah, that's the one thing I like. I think, you know, yeah, 
I told you that I wanted to do sort of like, you know, this like brewery thing where I just go and check some out. I like beer. I like brewing beer. Yeah. You know, I just want to see what it's like. That's all. That's, that's my self care overall for sure. Yeah. And now that Texas is opening up in a couple of days, um, 100% capacity, that'll even be harder to do. Yes. Which you would think would be the opposite, but it's actually not, at least for me. But that's okay. politics. Well, it's just my own personal personal preference. And, you know, even when there is no COVID involved, you know, I don't like super crowded places like that. Like I, there's, sure. there's a limit. Yeah. To my crowdedness. Right. I'm an extrovert. I love talking, but I love mingling. But, you know, there is a limit to like the amount of people I'm willing to be around at any given point in time. Hmm. Learn something new every day. Yeah. No Lollapalooza for me. Oh, no South yeah. by at all. Oh, yeah. I did know that, actually. I forgot. Mm-hmm. You don't like crowded places. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Well, all right. Well, thank you once again for coming on Otterly Mama and um, humoring me and chatting for a while. No, thank you. It it is always a pleasure and a highlight (laughs) of my life to talk with you. And uh, I hope you enjoy your new office digs. Oh, thank you. Yes, my my wonderful husband and number one supporter uh, revamped it for me so I can have ideal recording for my podcast. Well, on that note, toodaloo. <laughs> toodaloo, babe. Like what you heard? Yes, I did just stoop that low. But regardless of how cute she is, if you like what you heard, connect with me on my social feeds or subscribe. And don't forget to tag me so I can personally thank you. See you next episode. There you go. Thank you.